Welcome to this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I am joined by uh, one of the 30 authors of the newly released Mayhem to Miracles put out by Sacred Stories Publishing Company. SacredStoriesPublishing.com is the website you're going to want to go to to find out more about Mayhem to Miracles. It's the third it's, it's the third in the, at least at present, trilogy. Uh, Chaos to Clarity was the first one. We did 12 of those authors uh, back in January of 2019. And the entire month was dedicated. Well, this month is dedicated 100% to Mayhem to Miracles. We're going to be featuring them in all four time slots on Tell Me Your Story. 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Sundays. Mondays at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. So I certainly hope that you will take the initiative to listen to them all, but you can hear them on the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeart, Amazon Music, and many others, as well as watch these interviews on YouTube. That's right. You can watch them on YouTube, the channel, Tell Me Your Story. Gee, there's a surprise, as well as SoundCloud and all the other locations. I hope you'll subscribe. Uh, by the way, as of uh, today's broadcast, this program, uh, we are at 39 subscribers on YouTube, which doesn't sound like a lot, um, but hey, it's 39 more than I had uh, some time ago. <laughs> I'm not sure when, <laughs> when it all started. But uh, also have over 50,000 listens since January 1, 20, uh, 2018, uh, the SoundCloud podcast statistics. So, and by the way, Ireland, my, my home state, if you will, I'd love to, I'm looking to move there. If anybody wants to adopt me, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> you're number three, uh, top Three, India's number two, and of course America's number one. So we certainly hope that uh, Ireland, you listen more to put yourself in the top spot. Dublin, Ireland is also at the top spot of the cities listening around the world. Well, with those particular items said, we're going to dive into an unbirthday gift miracle. Having to do with Mayhem to Miracles, again, it's the transforming of people's lives. And, uh, of course, here on the program, we talk about choices and knowledge of those choices. Well, we chose, we chose Miriam Ben Salam to join us all the way from, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for this? No, she's not coming from Mars. Tunisia <laughs> in Africa. And, uh, uh, and, and Miriam, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Well, I am beyond grateful to be here with you today. I mean, it means the word to enjoy your company. I'm already enjoying it. Oh, well, thank <laughs> and you. it has been actually a joy to be invited. And I hope that we will be able to have some deep, meaningful introspection <laughs> together because that's that's really so meaningful to me so thank you again for having me well you are very welcome and uh, i am just uh, grateful that that we have been able to secure uh, 12 different uh, guests or or authors from the 30 
Uh, certainly, we could have had our pick, uh, but we chose you and several others uh, who are going to be featured in our 9 a.m. special edition of uh, Tell Me Your Story on the four Wednesdays uh, in uh, November. Let me let me ask you about uh, this kind of where we begin about the work that you do. Not necessarily not necessarily your nine to fiver, but the transformational work. What is it that you do and have done to transform your life and have shared with others to help them to transform their lives? Oh boy, <laughs> that's a big question actually. Well, let me just start from the very beginning. So I used to be uh, an engineer and I've been working in some multinational IT companies. Last position was an IT project manager. And I have been really um, suffering from never feeling fulfilled with what I was doing while I was wholeheartedly investing myself in my job in a way just because I was suffering from what we call an imposter syndrome, you know, what we call in um, more simplistic words, perfectionism. Mm. So I was, I was this person who was never getting enough uh, of doing more and more stuff just to feel her worth extrinsically because this former person was not really having any intrinsic worth. I was really giving the impression of being such a healthy, confident person, which I honestly was thinking was true at some moments at least, but I was really having this never enough impression all the time. And I was not able to trust others out uh, input sorry i mean at least in my work so it has been really challenging to me to go through my 10 years in the it business and i suffered from three burnout at least um last the last time the last position i was in paris and i was working in a consultancy um company actually and you know like the consultancy service is in general considering people as numbers much more than people. Uh, of course, those who are not uh, have all my respect. So I was really feeling that I was needing to do much more. And I was in Paris and um, there, there was um, a relationship as well. I had this boyfriend and it was unhealthy like so many of my, my previous relationships if not all of them. And I had some, like two problems at the same time, making me lose really control of myself. And I, an existential crisis started. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I cannot do this anymore. And I'm coming back to Tunisia just to try to figure out what was going on here. Yeah. And at that time, I, I was just in this, you know, positive affirmation sphere, 
in this kind of trying to just soothe myself because I, I didn't really know anything. I didn't, I was lacking what a true self meant, what conditioning meant. I was really not sure about why I was feeling what I was feeling. So I was in this, yes, industry of gurus who are motivating people to just believe in themselves no matter the BS that is happening in their <laughs> life. And, you know, like you can do it. And you need to embrace your demons because they are part of you. And I was really into this and it was working, you know, because it, it, it's kind of, of curious. It can work actually until something really, really traumatizing happens in your life and breaks those positive affirmations because Actually, they are just overridden by your deep, ingrained, limiting beliefs, as simple as that. So um, I was spot, <laughs> I mean, in the middle of this fake journey, that's what I call it, at least, by a predator, a human predator, one of the most dangerous people on Earth. And they are... Some people call them malignant narcissists, others psychopaths, because they are very similar. But those are the psychopaths who don't really have antisocial traits. They are extremely smart. They will never be caught. They will never be held accountable for their psychological crimes. And of course, I was such a such an easy victim, you know, I was so ready. I was in this optimistic bubble of, okay, now I'm trying to understand what's going on in my life. And I want a new, uh, a new life. I want new goals, new uh, aspiration. And because I was not really aware of what a mission that goes beyond myself meant at the time, just yet. Yeah feeling better, my well-being was really my priority. And I was in this optimistic, you know, bubble and like I was joyful, enjoying those like affirmations, enjoying those, um, yeah, uh, illusions. And he, he started love bombing me. And that's what we call in psychological, psychological term. And it means that they will show you what you need to see. They will really mirror your being, your needs, because they are experts in, in reading, in reading your needs. Mm. And obviously, at some point, they will get rid of you because they're done with you. And it was done in the most horrific way, possible ways, inhumane ways. And I was just left in the darkest places you can think of. And I was, I was really ready to end this meaningless life. I, I was already suffering from a low self-esteem and only um, yeah, having this illusion of being worthy. And this person was so successful in destroying completely what was left from my self-esteem. And I was, I remember I was sitting on the floor 
and I was, I can't even describe what I was feeling and how worthless I was feeling. And I was having my pills and really ready to execute on my plan, uh, yeah, to, to kill myself. And I, I don't, I can't even understand now what happened until this moment. I can't even describe it. Um, I literally felt that I was dissociating from myself. Then I, I learned that we call this the out of body experience, and that. The servant leader in me, the original being before any conditioning started, was dissociating and showing me all the lies of my twisted subconscious program. Everything that was vehiculated to me by first my caregivers and then confirmed by the environment and the society of the never enough mindset. And I was seeing my life literally passing by and without even putting my hand on my heart, I was feeling it beating so hardly and my, my, my tears, it was like a river of tears and I couldn't really express what I was, what I was seeing. It, it was beyond words. It was, it was like the gratitude I was feeling for what was happening, whatever was happening to me at that moment, was just more than I could ever explain or describe. It just unleashed not only the limitless amount of love, like it, it kind of awakened my spirit that was like laying dormant, just waiting for that moment to happen. And it unleashed this 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 unlimited amount of, of love we all have originally and i was also be able to see that i was here in this universe that i was one of with this universe and that this gigantic universe wasn't anything but revolving around my small cell that i was here for much more than my well-being or whatever we want to have as a priority and i was here to leave some legacy no matter how big or small i mean it can be a tiny legacy it doesn't have it have to be changing the world but something anything that goes beyond yourself and that moment was only the beginning obviously because you know awakening your spirit is something aligning your mind your subconscious mind with this period is a completely different story but that was the beginning and i just i just of course i was like um i gave up on any stupid plan like hopefully um and i was like okay now we need to figure out what happened but first 
just take some time to heal a little bit the most obvious wounds and scars that were like left by I mean, not only the predator, I would say, but my, my whole life, you know, like the, all the traumas that I've been experiencing my whole life. So that took a few months. And part of my healing process was um, exercising. And I, I was like very unaware in my exercising style, just focused on cardio, um, uh, system like I encourage you, um, uh, how do you call it? Yeah, classes. And at some point, um, because my body was like built in a good way, in a good way, because I've been practicing sports my whole life, mm -hmm. it at some point it was, uh, like okay, it, it told it told me enough is enough, and I had some injury in my left patella. And I was like freaking out because this was, oh my gosh, I need this. I need, I still need some time to heal. You know, like it, it, it can't, it can't be real. It's, you know, I'm, I'm so in need of this exercising practice. And then I stopped a little bit and said, oh, okay, maybe this was the sign of the universe to tell you that you are ready for the serious homework. And guess what? Mm. I listened to the call. And I mean, how can I describe it to you? It took such humility, honesty, like the humility because you need to unlearn everything that you learn. And you learned your whole life and learn again. And it, it will continue to be the case your, your whole life. Uh, honestly, because you need to really, really see your demons and limiting beliefs for what they truly are. Openness, because you will be challenging them every day. Courage, because it's so, so painful to face what you took for the truth your whole life mm. and which could be so mediocre at some, I mean, like at some moment. And consistency because the subconscious mind is not like the conscious one, which is creative, it's habitual and repetitive. And this, this kind of work was what I committed to for a year a whole year mm -hmm. um and this this was my my way to start just what i'm i was seeing in this out of body experience and the legacy that i could leave for the generations I'm born which is just educating people on the power of their subconscious program and that they can decide to break free from their conditioning at any point. Mm. It's not easy. It's not straightforward. It takes, as I said, a lot of requirements. But if I was able to do it, and I'm a normal person, then I believe that all of, the, all of you, all of those people who are ready to listen to the call of their true self can also do the same thing. That that was 
how it all started. So I just started with some mentorship. That was my first way of doing it. And at the same time, I started writing and I never thought <laughs> like ever in my life that I would be writing a word, a single word. Like the need of, of just telling the word about what I went through, about how possible it was to rewrite the narrative, the mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. that, that's what, what, what created the need to write in the first place. And yeah. I'm so grateful, so grateful for this, this, yeah, I mean, need, because that, that's what I find now currently as the most meaningful my most meaningful way at least to educate the audiences who are really ready for this beautiful journey i think so they are and uh, we're talking with Miriam Ben Salam, Miriam Ben Salem, and we're talking about the work that she does, as well as uh, other things that we uh, are going to discuss in light of Mayhem to Miracles, put out by uh, the Sacred Stories Publishing Company. I hope that you folks will stay right where you are. And I'm Richard Dugan, your host of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we are talking with Miriam Ben Salem. And she is coming to us all the way from Tunisia, talking to us not only about the work that she does, helping others to transform their lives. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned you started out as an engineer, so to speak. Um, how, has, how has being an engineer helped you in this work? Or has it? Or has it taught you just the opposite of, of maybe what you learned as an engineer? Well, that's a great question, actually. I would say that the way being an engineer helped me is um, critical thinking, probably. Um, because, you know, doing this homework, inner work of rewriting your program takes a lot of critical thinking to spot what doesn't work and to try to map the opposite. So as an engineer, obviously, when you are curious about your work, which I was, I mean, yeah, curiously enough, you know, because I never really liked it, um, I was really so keen in, um, like, understanding and critically thinking of every single detail. So I would say that would be the part where my engineer, um, yeah, former career helped in mm -hmm. a way. And obviously as well, it helped me figure out my patterns, my unhealthy patterns, my, my attachment style, and by the way, I love the attachment theory because it's so powerful in explaining all the behaviors we can be observing in the world, all the unhealthy relationship root causes are basically rooted in what kind of attachment style, like mostly. So this, this was a part of what I digged deeply during my, my work, my, my inner work. Mm -hmm. And because I, I used to have such a hard time in my engineering career, 
that was part of, of course as well that really helped figuring out what was going on why i was such a workaholic for instance why i was not able to trust others work for instance why i was so into doing things my own way for so this this is all of this was correlated to my unhealthy ways of dealing with life which by the way I developed because of my unhealthy and dysfunctional family system. Ah. Because, you know, oh, mm -hmm. oh, obviously, I mean, it's not something that we develop on our own. You know, like every single kid in the world has basically the same human needs to be loved unconditionally, to be seen, to be validated, to be mm. encouraged, to be celebrated, to be uh, belonging, you know, you know? Mm -hmm. like it's basically not only some kids needs, it's every single human being needs. And it, it's really, it's really like important and very you know, because like the key words is very limited. Yeah. So it's like the, the meaning that the those needs have in the kids' word are much more is much more sorry important to them than it is to adults, probably. So in like in so many families around the globe, people, caregivers or parents can love conditionally and or inconsistently. And that, like, that's, that's something that leaves impact. That's something that leaves many, yeah, outcomes, mm -hmm. not necessarily what we would like to have in our adulthood life, but that's the way it is, no matter how uncomfortable the, the truth can be. Some caregivers are just unconsciously um, harming us because they are themselves diving into life with their heavy psychological luggage and they just don't know any better. Some others are just what, what one of my very favorite therapists call craved individuals. And it, it like C stands for conflict, R stands for rigid, a stands for antagonist, E stands for entitled, and D stands for dysregulated. And those are people who can be narcissists, who can be some difficult personalities, and they would add another layer of harm on their kids. But no matter what the kind of caregiver you have, if you are not loved unconditionally and consistently which is the case of a few i hope those are the ones who are who develop a secure attachment style you will be having some insecure style that the bond that you knew and how you could relate to your caregiver because you know no kid would be able to believe that their parents are anything less than perfect so in order for them to cope, they need to find ways, another narrative, 
strategies to survive what they perceive as love. And the fact of the matter is that we are just repeating what we have been familiar with mm -hmm. in our childhood, in our life, in our adulthood, early, even teens, you know, and early adulthood until we can at some point become aware of the trap and break the curse. Some people, sadly enough, will probably not until the end of their life and they would not even have the opportunity to understand why their, their relationships have been so unhealthy and toxic because they don't understand their part in the unhealthiness of the relationship anyway. But hopefully or fortunately, some and many that like that I'm seeing uh, recently are becoming very self-aware and are um, very, um, I mean, very much involved in the, the self-introspection and in understanding the root causes of their own behavior so that they can rewrite the narrative. Mm. So, yeah, so basically um, my uh, attachment style was a big part of what made my relationship suffer in the first place. And that's only one factor. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting, uh, this conversation we're having with um, uh, with our very special guest, Miriam Ben-Salem, and she's coming to us all the way from Tunisia, here on Tell Me Your Story, special edition of Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing Company. SacredStoriesPublishing.com is the website. We hope that you'll go there and pick up a copy. We'll be linked to that website so that you can get a copy and read. Uh, you can read uh, Miriam's story, which we're going to talk about here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I thank you for staying with us here on the program as we talk with our very special guest, one of the 30 authors uh, who are part of the compilation, if you will, of stories in the Mayhem to Miracle series. Uh, it's actually the third in a series, I should say, from uh, Chaos to Clarity, Crappy to Happy, and now Mayhem to Miracles. And uh, we are so glad that she is with us all the way from uh, Tunisia, uh, Africa. Uh, not, I've never been to Africa myself. I've been to uh, that side of the world. I went as far as uh, Ireland, England and Ireland, uh, but not quite, uh, not quite that far south. But I know that uh, there are places that I would love to visit. I know, I know a lot of folks would love to travel to. I want to ask you about your story. And it, of course, is entitled, the, the story that you wrote and submitted, is actually entitled The Unbirthday Gift Miracle. Tell us about that story. Oh boy. <laughs> so, um, two years ago, or it was last year, I think it was last year, mm -hmm. I was, um, I made my mind that I wouldn't celebrate my birthday anymore because, you know, it was just meaningless to me. My rebirth made me realize that. This was the moment that I started truly living and that anything else that happened by the past was just trying to survive and that my birthday would become just meaningless to me. 
So it was kind of a special day anyway, because I was in my, my very favorite co-working space. And uh, one of my friends, my very cherished friends, he's from Sweden. And he called me to celebrate with me my birthday. And he wasn't really aware of my decision. So I just like, yeah, started to tell him a little bit about my decision. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, by the way, so I'm like the new person I am today is being vulnerable and open publicly without any problem. Like I, I can cry. I'm a crier. I cry out of so many things and <laughs> I can do it publicly and which I would have never thought being able to do before. So I was just like not even trying to hide or try to find somewhere to go to tell the person what I was willing to tell him. And I was talking to him about some very hard trauma to handle a new one. And I was, it was like kind of a, a secret, a dark secret that I discovered in my close circle. And I was going through a, what do you call a self, a radical acceptance grief, mm. very painful one. And I was at the same time crying and laughing at myself and expressing how grateful I am anyway for this trauma and which 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 is the case for all what I've been experiencing even like the, the perpetrator I'm, I'm so grateful to that person actually because without him I wouldn't have been here anyway I wouldn't have been who I am today mm -hmm. and it was like taking over 20 minutes um, of yeah, of sharing and expressing all the range of my emotions, and when I was done, there was a girl who came in my direction. She was um, literally shaking and crying all the tears of her body and i was uh, very concerned about her and i was like asking if that is everything okay i'm so sorry how can i help you and she was no it's okay everything is okay and it's the first time of my whole life that i can dare talk to a stranger and I was, okay, okay, do you want to tell me about what's going on? And she was like, I'm so sorry to start with because I unintentionally heard your story, your sharing, and I just couldn't help but to come to you to thank you so deeply for what you have just done unintentionally. I am going myself through some very uncomfortable hardship and hearing you talking about what you're going through yourself with all this gratitude inner peace and that that way of expressing what you are going through uplifted my spirits to mm. some ways you cannot even imagine and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, again, wow. again, dear universe, dear magical universe, you had some other plans for me. Even when I made my mind not to celebrate this birthday, 
you just gifted me the most precious and priceless birth mm. birthday gift of all of them, of all my 20, 20, no, 30, 36 <laughs> years. That's how I feel, actually. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh, I'm in my 60. I'm 61 now and loving it. And uh, one of the things that I have found so interesting is almost that same feeling. It's almost as if, and it's not it's not out of any any sense of anything other than it's just another day, and it comes and goes just as fast as every other day. I mean, I appreciate the recognition or the acknowledgement by those, especially, you know, how when you sign up on things online uh, and you'll put your birth date in there just because they want to know how old you are. And then around your birthday, you start getting all of these comments from people. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Da -da 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 -da. I appreciate the fact that uh, you, you've you've taken the time. Most of the time, that's what it is, as opposed to an algorithm. But it's like any other day. And so are all of the other holidays. Now, I understand and I can appreciate, uh, you know, some of these others. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that as we continue talking with Miriam Ben-Solem. And uh, we're talking about the work that she has uh, contributed to Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing. And we're talking about it here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Mayhem to Miracles is the third in a series of books put out by Sacred Stories Publishing. Miriam Ben-Solem is my guest, and I want to, again, thank you so much for giving us the time, all the way from Tunisia. I have to say that because I love it when we are talking with people across the world. We've had guests. I actually had to do an interview once that was conducted at 11 p.m. local time, all the way to Australia. I uh, did an interview with a guest. I've done a number of, it, of of interviews with guests in Australia, and um, as well as uh, in Europe and England, Ireland. This I think this is my first interview into Africa. Uh, I've done India. Don't think I've done China yet or the Southeast Asian uh, countries per se. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. It's just exciting to travel the world, even if it's uh, even if it's virtually, and I'm I'm happy about that. I want to ask you, as we continue here, uh, to talk about, uh, and I did have a, a line of a thought, but I'm going to go a different direction here. You mentioned this earlier, the inner life. We talk about that all the time because we are in what I have dubbed the decade of perfect vision. We did have a year of perfect vision, 2020. Now it's the decade, the 2020s, where we're encouraging people to go within, spend time listening to that still small voice, finding that quiet, peaceful, calm space where they can, again, just relax and rejuvenate, etc., etc. Talk to us from your perspective about how important and I suppose if you wanted to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, how important it is for us to develop that inner life. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> I mean, if I may just add something related to what you were talking about, about visiting the globe. Mm -hmm. um, actually, after having done 
and still continuing, of course, this work, this inner work, what I've been noticing is that I am only identifying myself by one word, a universal citizen. I don't mind where I am born. I don't mind which countries I've been to. It doesn't identify who I am as a person. Basically, because in the beginning of the humankind, actually, we were just one single earth and everybody has the right to be wherever they are. There were no countries, there were no limitations, there, were, there was anything dividing people anyway. So you can be born wherever you are if you are connected again with your, the, the original being who is a servant leader and who is here for something much more meaningful than just identifying ourselves with any factor, you don't really mind anymore. You don't care about the, the borders. You don't care about, of course, there will be legal <laughs> limitations. Obviously, there will be like, yeah, there are systems who, which were built on the country's limitations and borders. But in my mind, I don't care. You, you can be Indian or, uh, or uh, African, whatever the country is in Africa. You can be in um, Brazil. You can be anywhere in the world. It doesn't really matter to me. The only thing that matters is how you show up in the world, mm. is who you truly are every day are you really self-centered are you really anxious about what your your small circle and how to like provide which is legitimate to your family and you are not really willing to show up as your best version every day like living by the principles or are you, whatever the work you are doing, wherever the country you are coming from, are you just being the best person you can for whoever needs you to be this person every day? And that's, that's what is really important to me. So again, being a universal citizen means to me caring for the whole universe, not only human not only fellow humans, not only animals, like the whole system, the whole, uh, anything that could be living and that could be really needing to, to, to be cared for. And for me, again, the, the birthday, you mentioned that it's a day for you and that you, are, you appreciate the celebration, yes, which is good, yeah. but again, you can be celebrated every single day. Yeah. If you are in really healthy relationships, and those are the ones that I knew only after having done the major part of my work, at least, you don't really care about this day anymore, as you said, because the celebration is part of what a truly healthy relationship is. And I love to call my healthy relationships soul friendships. And to me, 
it doesn't really it didn't really uh, matter a lot to be in this lockdown in like it imposed lockdown by the pandemic even though i'm a kinesthetic person i love hugging i love giving kisses but what is really so magical and phenomenal and enchanting is that those soul friendships um, that I call home as well, you can get soul hugs every day. And those soul hugs are at a much higher level to me, at least, than the physical hugs. No matter how distant you are physically, there are people that I call homes I never met my whole like not even once in my life and they are to me what nobody I've known my whole life means actually I mean what I call home is a safe emotional space where you are unconditionally loved and appreciated and listened to and understood and empathized with and encouraged and challenged and simply simply loved purely loved and this is it does, doesn't depend on your blood or or your the, the 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 number of years you've been knowing a person it really depends on a much much higher criteria which is being emotionally healthy to some extent and able to be vulnerable real authentic and just show up really in the relationship while at the same time not being naive because that's who I used to be. This is another factor, actually, I told you like there are more than the attachment side factor because I used to gift my trust, actually. It's, it's something that I, it's a mistake that many people are doing just for the sake of closeness and intimacy and connection. They You're are not, just gifting yeah. their trust because... Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it, and, and what's interesting is as you speak these words, there's a part of me that even uh, resonates with that from the standpoint of desiring that. And there are times in our lives as we travel through, e even if it's hour to hour or day to day, not so much year to year, where that, that inner knowing wants that desperately because they haven't found it in their, in their lives, in their relationships, uh, maybe in their work, uh, in lots, of different, lots of different places in that regard. And it, it's, it's like there's something wrong with not being able to find that. There really is. And, and I, I want you to continue to elaborate on that aspect and how some of the steps that we might take to secure for ourselves that safe place where we can at the very least acknowledge and recognize our own uh, not importance that's not the right word uh, our own um, 
Worth. Our own worth. That's the word. That's the word. And we'll do that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, along with my very special guest. Her name is Miriam Ben Salem. And we're talking about that inner voice and finding that safe space. And and there are a lot, I don't know about Tunisia and the city in which you live and, and whether it's as hectic as, uh, say, Los Angeles or Santa Barbara or Phoenix, where I was born and raised. Uh, but I, I know that when I get out in nature, it's, it's, I feel safe when I'm out in nature. But when I get into, a, say, a home setting or a work setting or a, any other setting within, shall we say, civilization, okay, it doesn't always feel safe. <laughs> well, I share the same feeling, my friend. And that's, that's the expectation, actually, because we are part of the nature anything else was just built to uh, give ourselves the illusion of our importance as as you didn't want to say so this is part of the unhealthy ego because people from like thousands of years ago and i will be coming back again to the word division and countries there was some people who whom we call tribe leaders who just decided that this piece of land was theirs and that they have all the right to exploit it and that anyone else who would dare come to this area would be killed so this was like my very simplistic explanation of how the word started, like, you know, tribes, and then it was expanded to countries. But in the very beginning, we were not having anything that we earn, anything that is our belonging. We were guests. And we still are, we just don't like, we are not fully aware of it. Or I mean, like many people, at least we are just guests and exploiting this word through the civilized, like the civilization or what we want to like, yeah, the call. Yeah, I mean, like the word that the man, the humankind created. And it makes perfect sense to me that you are feeling much safer in nature where we belong originally to what we created superficially um, through those civilizations. Of course, I'm not saying that all that have, has been created by the humankind is, is bad. Uh, obviously, that would be really, yeah, yeah. Not, it, not, not, not right, not true. But what we have been destroying through the process is what really making me, um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what basically uh, you are asking about and what, what I believe in as well, how to reconnect with this nature in us and how to become one again with nature and a minimalistic actually i mean like i'm becoming more and more minimalistic because i don't really need any extrinsic 
proofs of my worth. Like, like I just need to live a decent life where, where I can eat decently, have a roof, exercise probably, maybe travel to be able to expand my voice elsewhere and that's it i don't need i don't need to change my car i don't need to buy a house i i will never ever buy a house by the way that's that's a decision that i've made and i will not have anything that i don't need mm -hmm. to live decently and that's that's what you are able to um to achieve whenever you are connected again with your inner work through rewriting your subconscious program. I mean, there is actually two, two kinds of um, limiting beliefs that we need to basically destroy. The limiting beliefs about the self and the limiting beliefs about the world. And what I started with, um, Actually, like th this is something that I um, that maybe I don't uh, share with many other people who are uh, like labeling themselves as spiritual, which is the need to meditate. I mean, I I don't really meditate. I'm I'm like finding myself whenever I am trying to do some self awareness exercise in this meditative state without preparing anything but that's that's me that's that's how it works for me what works for me doesn't probably work for everybody else so basically i i just had the chance as well to have some time for myself like i took a sabbatical for a year so that i could really focus on this very, very painful and required and the most rewarding investment of my whole existence, I'd say. So like basically, as I'm saying, as I said, the limiting beliefs about the word are much easier to, to destroy. And it, it, it really takes to ask oneself a very trivial question. By having this belief, no matter what it is, am I violating any universal principle, mm. any natural law that we all have? It's our conscience, it's our spirit, it's the natural constitution. We all have those principles, but we somehow betray them because of the conditioning. So basically, my first exercise, the very first exercise that I did was about my previous homophobia. So yes, I'm not, I'm not proud at all of who I used to be, the homophobic person I used to be. And I was like, yes, okay, now we, we are going to start with this one, the most, probably one of the most difficult ones. So I asked myself this, this question, are gay people um, hurting me in any way by being gay? And the very trivial answer is obviously not. The second question is, am I violating at least one universal principle? And the answer is, of course I am. So I am violating the human dignity 
because I am considering them as a second class individuals. They are not natural. They are not as worthy as straight people. Yes, straight. The second one, I am violating the respect of choice. If we admit that there is any choice at all, we only need to look at the nature to see gay lions and monkeys and whatever species. So it's, it's a natural thing. But even if we admit or we suppose that it is not natural, we can't, uh, uh, we can't violate the, the, the choice. Mm -hmm. We need to respect the choice of this person. The third one, I am violating their... Um, um, sorry, um, I couldn't find the word. Hang on. Um, so I am regulating the equity because we know that gay, the gay communities on LGBTQ+, plus, eh, more generally, are not treated the same way all over the globe. Okay, except for some countries which took some very honorable measures the same way as straight people. So I am not only violating one or two, but three huge universal mm. principles. Mm -hmm. And actually what I've been doing, I've been doing it in such like a serious and an honest way. It triggered a conscious shame, uh, like such a big amount of conscious shame. And that's something that I love. The unconscious shame is unhealthy, but the conscious one, it, it really helps action, takes taking action. And it also triggered such a beautiful compassion to the LGBTQ plus communities. And Something which is very, very not common is rewriting a, 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 an algorithm about the word instantly. That's mm -hmm. that's like something very, very not common. Because as I told you, like we, as we know, the subconscious program is habitual. And what I've been witnessing is that it happens only when, like the pain, the amount of pain and shame are so huge. It, like you cannot just like come back to the previous state of mind. It's just instant. So that's that's the very simple uh, way probably of rewriting uh, an algorithm about the world. And the other part is our limiting beliefs about ourselves. It's much more true. It's much trickier actually mm -hmm. because it's it's not. There is no. Uh, like there is no constitution you can use. There is no real uh, notebook you can use. Uh, what you basically need actually is that to, to find out first, to dig and to find out the limiting belief and what created it in the first place with all the images and feelings that you have been experiencing when building this belief about yourself. Mm -hmm. And basically you need to reverse the belief through new images and new feelings while rewriting mm -hmm. what doesn't belong to you. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, a yeah. little bit tricky, mm -hmm. but 
like when you do the both of them, like those about the word and yourself, that's basically how you unleash who you truly are. And you will be showing in the word, like with the best version you can, like no matter what is happening in your life, no matter the challenges that are happening in your life, no matter the, the needs that are required from you, you can still have your peace, your inner peace, because basically your center, your new center is now the universal principles. And by definition, those universal principles are unchangeable and timeless. They just, yeah, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I want to talk in light of all of this, especially in terms of our own self-thoughts and so forth. I want to talk um, about the power of words. And we'll do that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story with Miriam Ben Salem. And we are talking with her because she is one of the 30 contributors to Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing. SacredStoriesPublishing.com is where you go to find out about more, where you can get a copy. I'm sure it's available via Amazon. And uh, we are sharing these stories throughout the month of November 2021. And There'll be podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes, Spotify, and all the other great locations, iHeart and Amazon Music, as well as YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and um, I thank you for being with us here on the program. And to our guest, uh, who is Miriam Ben Salam, I want to ask you about, because this is, and I bring this up pretty regularly on the program, and I want you to address this, especially in terms of our self-talk, our, even our self, oh. even our beliefs, and that is the power of words. Well, thank you for asking this question. <laughs> Such an interesting one indeed. Um, I mean, in the quality of a former self-bully, a cruel self-bully, I can tell you how powerful our words could be when we are not self-aware. That's, that's the trap because, you know, we were like so well trained to follow what we have been told, to follow the notebook and to ignore our intuition, our God, and our self-awareness, human endowment, which we all have, but that was just discriminated against by our society. So when, when our subconscious mind is not healthy, is not our best friend, obviously a huge part of the problem is this self-bully, this inner voice this critical and cruel voice that we have in our head and the self-doubt, which is part of the never enough culture anyway. I mean, like it's not something that one or two people are suffering from. It's kind of so social, you know, mm -hmm. social yeah. pattern. Yeah. And this, this, this is something that you cannot really understand until you are really pushed, most probably through some 
something, some incident, some trauma happening in your life to just begin to understand that this, like those words, this self-talk, this self-doubt tendency, it's not your fault, actually. It's just all that you knew up to that moment. It's what you have been vehiculated. It's what, like, it's part of why we have those limiting beliefs. It's like the, the, the limiting beliefs are kind of nurturing your self-talk, your inner bully, and are triggering your self-doubt because you just think and perceive yourself in a distorted way. So what I what I really believe in is that it's not a matter of choosing our words uh, effectively to talk to ourselves that would help, but rather working on the root cause that created, created the self-talk in the first place. And at that moment, we wouldn't need a, a, a quick fix as the affirmations that I used to, to use. Uh, basically, I, I, I love using the questioning much more than the affirmations because at least when you are questioning, you are, uh, it's fueled by some reality, by some uh, skills and history that you have approve about and like for instance uh i i i had uh, the honor to give a speech in india last year in 2020 i think beginning of 2020 and i was like having some doubt and i'm like oh my gosh that's the first time and then i was like oh okay hold on a second <laughs> You have already spoken to so many people without this being officially a speech to a bigger audience. And it, doesn't it work as expected? Didn't it work, sorry, as expected? And then like when you are asking your, the question and you are finding the proof that yes, indeed, it worked so well that I couldn't even imagine it to work that well, then you know that you have the skills, the required um, capacity to go through this challenge that you are having some doubts about. So for me, it's kind of much more effective in my experience, like, of course, uh, to then that just trying to say to myself, oh, you have all that it takes. You, it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. So like for me, like the, the, the words are, yes, extremely important when they are uh, self-aware, when you are willing to manifest probably something that doesn't depend on a limiting belief at all or on self-doubt at all, for instance. Uh, I, I had my, my furry kid with me in, in Brazil because I, I, I went to, to there for three months to volunteer. And she had like numerous, um, I mean, uh, very unpleasant experiences in the cars because we had to, to travel a lot. And I wanted her to really be calm. And I said, okay, to myself, well, I will be trying to, to give my gratitude to the universe as if it happened already. 
as if I was I was feeling the feeling of being so thrilled that my kid is being okay in this car, is enjoying the ride, is being calm, is not anxious. And I was feeling this feeling so deeply and giving my gratitude, uh, I mean, to the universe before this happening, that I was so blown away by seeing it happening for real. This was my first, very first, and I'm still novice in this area, very first manifestation experience. So what I'm trying to say is that for me, the words matter a lot when you are really self-aware and very, very conscious about what you are doing in relation to something that you desire, but that is not blocked by some belief that you still have in your subconscious program, if I, if I may summarize. Absolutely. That's, that, that was very good. And I, I think that that's important for people to keep in mind. It's something that I have said over and over again, words have power. And the reason why people use the certain words that they do in the different uh, realms of our society that uh, we have, whether it be politics or business or religion, uh, they are using those words with an intent. But when you start looking at self and you start, as you've described, it's a whole different, whole different situation that you need to take a look at. What we need to take a look at is uh, uh, what we do at the end of every program. And we're going to do that in just a moment as we continue talking with our very special guest, Miriam Ben Salem. And we are talking with her because she's a contributor, one of 30 to Mayhem to Miracles. It is published by the Sacred Stories Publishing Company and sacredstoriespublishing.com is the website. We hope you will uh, go there on the internet. We will be linked to them as well so that uh, you can get a copy of your uh, own version, if you will, of Mayhem to Miracles. It's the third in a series of books on these subjects, Chaos to Clarity, which we focused on in 2019, January, and uh, then there was uh, Crappy to Happy, and now we are talking about Mayhem to Miracles here on Tell Me Your Story. We are bringing you uh, new paradigms for a new world. We're also bringing you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're doing that with our special guest all the way from Tunisia. Her name is Miriam Ben Salem, and I want to thank you so very much for being a part of this series of programs, uh, as many others have as well, and sharing your story and the work that you are doing in helping not only yourself, but others to transform their lives. And I will just add this little uh, element, and that is that when Jesus told his apostles that the works that he, Jesus, was doing they could do also. However, he told them, but really, you guys are going to be doing greater works than these. I, I truly do believe he meant transformation of one's life was the greater work. And I believe that we are all about that. And I thank you for being a part of that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so grateful to be part of this as well. Well, before we take our uh, uh, three questions uh, down the line here, I, knew, I need to let our listeners know that this program, Tell Me Your Story, is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and uh, then, of course, 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. 
We are streaming at those times at richarddugan.com. The podcaster at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations, iHeart and uh, Amazon Music. You know that we're also on we're also on um, YouTube. That's right. You can watch these interviews. We have 39 subscribers and uh, we have 50,000 plus listens on the on the podcasts. So become a part of that group of folks that are uh, getting information. The U.S., of course, still at the top of the numbers list, followed by India and Ireland. Dublin, Ireland is number three as well. So please, uh, Ireland, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. Um, but uh, we're, we're just grateful for anybody who's listening across the world uh, who is uh, getting this information. And I'm hoping that it, it truly does help with that. Three final questions that I like to ask all of my guests. You may have answered them during the interview, but I like to ask them directly. And the first of those three, who is Miriam Ben Salem? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've already answered, I guess, I believe. Uh, so I am identifying myself as a universal citizen who is eagerly, um, willing to find new tribes of like-minded and light-hearted people who would make of this world a better place for the generations and born, if I may summarize. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Well, it is correlated, actually, to all what we have been talking about, the mission of educating people on the importance of having a friendly subconscious program so that they can love themselves genuinely first and unleash a huge amount of love and caring for all the living creators and the environment and everything that matters in the world. And also, and this is very important, important to me, stop enabling the manipulators and the abusers who are making of our world that imbalance in the first place. So this is only mm -hmm. possible through education because education is our power. We can be really connected to our God, but if we don't know that much about the red flags, it's still a problem. Mm -hmm. So. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Well, it is still, again, correlated to the same thing. Um, I would love to give a chance to some kids as well, because now I have two furry kids, a boy and a girl, and I have made the, another decision, another difficult decision not to give birth to human kids, because I want to give a chance to some or many, as many as I could afford to kids who are just waiting for someone to notice them who are who are so many around the globe actually mm. and i would love to have um some educate educated people about parenting as well i would be i would love to be part of some group educating parents because this is to me the origin of all the problems or all the ways 
if you are successful to some extent in raising uh, the future healthy servant leaders then you have already won mm. you know yeah. so well Miriam I want to thank you again how can people get in touch with you uh, well, you can find me on my website. Um, I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so basically that's where I am really active. And I'm also, of course, on this catalyst, 360. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a columnist. I also have some blogs. I have a Medium blog. And yeah, basically those are the platforms where people can uh, find me. Wonderful. Well, Mary, once again, thank you so much for being a part of this series of programs. Uh, and uh, we thank you and uh, we, we wish you much success in the work that you continue to do. And we hope that folks will indeed uh, begin that process of um, transformation, transforming. I, I'm in the middle of it and some days it's easier than others, but uh, I'm certainly not the person I was yesterday or the day before, and I won't be the same person tomorrow that I am today. And that's the whole point is that there's always room for improvement. <laughs> and I thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.